millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Hello, social distancers. The Premier League moves a step closer to a restart as the players give the green light to contact training after 10 days of five-a-side. It's been quite strange, I guess. No contact. So, yeah, it's a bit strange to what we're used to, but it's, it's been good. Tottenham defender Carl Walker-Peters tells us about being on loan at Southampton, extending his spell, and how his mate Deli Ali is coping after his harrowing experience with burglars. We'll also have the latest on Project Restart as the top flight aims for top TV billing. Also this week, Derek Ray reviews and previews the Bundesliga action as Bayern take an iron grip on the league. Scott Dan discusses the FA Cup final of 2016 and heartbreak for Crystal Palace. And Brighton defender Bernardo on a new possible career. Can you give us a shout of goal in you know Brazilian style? Goal! <laughs> You know what? The, the, the longest, the better. All on the podcast that brings you wall-to-wall, blanket, comprehensive, sweeping coverage of the Premier League and beyond. It's game day from TalkSport. This is game day. I am getting excited now. Hello, one and all. Joining me as always is Mr. Everywhere. You can hear him on the TalkSport Breakfast Show, reviewing the papers with Laura Woods. He breaks news for Jim White. He's on the quiz on a Friday night, but there's nothing wrong with his eyesight. And the only thing he's driven is his wife round the bend. Uh, It's the special advisor to the pod who certainly knows the comings and goings of the footballing world. It is Alex Crook. Hello, how are you? Very good, very good. And I think the wife would testify that I probably have been driving her a bit mad. So do you know what I've done? What? I've taken to playing golf three times a week just to give her that space. I'm thinking of her, not nobody else. Selfless act. You're so altruistic. Uh, it's been beach weather, though, hasn't it, where you are? You live near the water in South Sea, Hampshire. How many dips have you had in the Solent? Yeah, I've pretty much been in every day for about the last fortnight. It's absolutely glorious and uh, really refreshing. I love it. What's your stroke of choice? Uh, I just sort of stand there and flap my arms around because you know what? The, the tide is really strong. So trying to swim against the tide, Funny I, I that. did that to start with. I, I, I've given up. So I just sort of stand there, lie on my back, soak up the sun. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to win any Olympic gold medals for breaststroke. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll leave that one there, hanging in the wilderness. Uh, are you a Speedos man, a wetsuit man, or a Bermuda shorts man? No, Bermuda shorts for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, my my older brother uh, insists on Speedos and nobody wants to see that, do they? No, no, no. 
probably look a little bit like dental floss as well, wouldn't it? Um, bike riding has been the thing for me again this week. Uh, the Fallowfield Loop has stopped me going loopy. I've done something manly, though, you'll be pleased to know. And you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not very much like that. You, you, I'm not good with my hands. All that DIY stuff is an anathema to me. Uh, but I did build two shelving units and cleared out the basement corridor. It looks, well done. It, it, it looks as roomy as a pair of 90s football shorts now. Very impressive. Although I was joined Very by my little impressive. boy to help me halfway through. And you know, like when you're thinking, oh, it's lovely to have you here. And secretly you're thinking, go away, just go away. Go and annoy your mum. <laughs> uh, let's get to the top stories. The Premier League are planning 10 different kickoff times over weekends and two different kickoff times for any midweek matches once professional football restarts. All of the matches will be screened live on television with a couple available free to air for the first few weeks. Statsports, who helped plan Project Restart, are tracking players' proximity in training in order to be able to track and trace any coronavirus flare-up accurately and swiftly deal with it. Maybe they could track Serge Aurier outside of training. (laughs) Uh, Players have dropped their concerns about returns to full contact training after only eight positive cases from 1,744 coronavirus tests. Odion Agarlo has pleaded with his Chinese club Shanghai Shenhua to allow him to stay with Manchester United until the end of the season. And the takeover of Newcastle United has been thrown into fresh doubt after the World Trade Organization laid the blame at Saudi Arabia for facilitating piracy of sports events, including English football. The green light from the players for Phase 2 training seems to have cleared the path for a mid-June return to Premier League football and it looks like the summer festival of football that was planned for this summer will be gifted to fans, albeit in a very different form. We were expecting to binge on international football, but it's likely now that 10 games will be spread over a weekend, three or four days, maybe one on a Friday, one on a Monday, four Saturday, Sunday, all five over those two days. But kickoffs will certainly be staggered to maximise the TV audience. Uh, so 50 days of football, here we come, because it looks like the Championship will get some gaps to air its games too. Now, I was very excited about the return of the Bundesliga, but I think this is happening now. I mean, I think we can allow our to be cautiously optimistic that the Premier League is coming back, Crook. Absolutely. Um, I am ecstatic. In fact, I was uh, in my kitchen when the Premier League released their statement and I was literally punching the air in jubilation. I haven't done that in my kitchen (laughs) since David Moyes was sacked by Manchester United. So that's a a measure of how excited I am. I think there's been some doom-mongering even amongst people in our own profession about this. But clearly... The Premier League have deemed it safe. The players have almost unanimously given it their backing. Of course, there are uh, one or two high-profile exceptions. The managers are happy. Um, they're going to step up training now. It's going to be more like a mini preseason. And I can't wait for that first game on Talk Sport. Competitive football in the Premier League. I've loved the Bundesliga, maybe not quite as much as Sam. Herter are going great guns. Some of the matches have been fantastic. The quality has been better than we expected. And I think the Premier League will just take that up another level. I really do. Yeah, and I I think it's worth pointing out that the government have allowed elite sport to restart their preparation. So everyone's at the moment behind the restarting of the of the Premier League. I think the games will come very thick and fast. That Manchester City will end up playing something like thirteen games in forty nine days. I read earlier that will come with its problems because research suggests that because of the close proximity of the matches there will be an increase in probability of injury to probably 25% and that would appear to suggest the need to sort of manage the squads a little bit more judiciously clubs I'm sure will be 
all over that. They've got a number of sports science uh, experts which will be telling them which players they should switch in and switch out. There's five substitutes available now if the Premier League decides to adopt that dispensation given by FIFA. Um, so you'll a wider number of individuals may well be used because squad limits are going to be removed as well. Um, not great for fantasy team managers up and down the country, and you and I are big on that. You know what? It's going to be really interesting to see what Jurgen Klopp does at, at Liverpool because the title is pretty much won. He might decide that actually he doesn't need to risk many of, of his senior players mm. when there's not much on the line, and he, he might do what he did in the FA Cup and put the kids out. Could be an interesting dynamic. Uh, well, there. actually, he he has already said, hasn't he? You know, we we only need to win two games, but we need to win two games, and that's not the last two games. We need to get it done. So for him, he's already reiterated that he wants to win the first two games, and then he can make his choices like that. I think. And um, we will talk about the end of home advantage with Derek Ray when we discuss the Bundesliga in just a moment. Uh, but we have had a conversation about uh, fake crowd noise. I know that in America they've pumped effects into their coverage. I'm against it because of uh, a belief in the need to report the event with the right level of authenticity. I think that it's important that we don't embellish our coverage by adding something in. It's a unique event. There are no fans there. There are different sounds and sights, and I think we should give as realistic a depiction of that as possible. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that, and and maybe we can touch upon it with Carl Walker-Peters because I think part of the appeal to this behind-closed-doors football is that you're going to be able to hear loud and clear what players say to each other to communicate on the pitch, what messages the managers are trying to put across. I think they're going to have to tone down their swearing a little bit because it's all going to be picked (laughs) up. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic. But just on home advantage, I was speaking to one executive at a Premier League club uh, towards the back end of last week, and I put it to him that home advantage with no crowds will be no advantage to the smaller teams. I expect the the better teams to come out on top in the majority of games. And he said, well, maybe I disagree there because our fans haven't been brilliant this season. So perhaps playing in an empty stadium without that negativity seeping onto the pitch might be a positive thing. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think I said that to you about Werder Bremen on a Monday night uh, last week when I was expecting a big upset and I thought, oh, there's a bit of value in Werder Bremen here. That seems to be the story that's coming out of that particular football club. It didn't work. They got um, battered. They got they? battered, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that rule from that executive might not actually uh, come to fruition. Uh, we'll keep you across it, though. And of course, it's a developing story and it's completely covered by TalkSport 24-7. Okay, let's get the latest from the Bundesliga with German football guru, TV commentator, Derek Ray. Derek, how are you? You're in Boston. Uh, You're probably the only person who's not covering the Bundesliga at the moment. Yeah, it's a strange feeling, Sam. The Bundesliga is a big part of my professional life, but because of geography, because of where I am here in the Boston area, I'm not going to be in Germany anytime soon. So I've been amusing myself by making my own videos and trying to share the love and help other people enjoy the Bundesliga, who perhaps in the past haven't paid quite as much attention as they are now. How smoothly do you think the return to action has gone in the Bundesliga? Remarkably smoothly. I thought there would be one or two teething problems, but it was more or less a case of hitting the ground running. The standard of play, I think, has been good. Uh, we weren't entitled to expect that it would be you know, magnificent first time out, but I think the games have been compelling and people are seeing that the Bundesliga is a wonderful league, albeit without fans. It's not been great for those of us who enjoy a flutter, though, is it? Particularly the... <laughs> The, the few number of home victories. I mean, what does the fact that so many teams are winning away from home 
tell us about the influence of playing behind closed doors? It's an interesting one, Alex. It's something I hadn't really considered. I mean, I assumed after the first match day following the restart, when things were going more or less according to old form, that, you know, this was the Bundesliga as usual in a playing sense. But, you know, if you look at it now, three match days in, certainly the away teams are having an advantage. But maybe we should just hang fire, wait for two or three more weeks to see if it corrects itself, because it could just be a freakish situation. But it does certainly speak to the advantage of a home crowd. And we all know, we all think as commentators that there is this 12th man and perhaps there is. Um, Bayern Munich went seven points clear after what was a captivating Classica on Tuesday night. Well, was that actually the worst possible outcome for the Bundesliga as a brand? Because surely they would have loved to have a bit more of a title race going forward. The gap being so big now, it looks almost certain that Bayern Munich are going to win that title. Do you think that the officials behind the scenes secretly will be a little bit disappointed that Borussia Dortmund didn't get something from that game? Well, it's fair comment. I think most people, most of us who've covered the Bundesliga for many years, even though we greatly respect Bayern for who they are, for what they are, for their ability on and off the pitch to do the right things, we would like to have a title race. And to be honest, this has been a title race right the way through, really, maybe until now. So, yeah, I mean, I think it stands to reason if if you want competition and you want it to go the distance, you probably would have wanted Borussia Dortmund at worst to get a draw from the game last night. But it went the other way. It was, though, I thought a very even game for for vast stretches of it. And, you know, Bayern did what they did so well. It was a high quality game. It was a good advert for the Bundesliga in that technical sense. But Bayern do just have that something extra when it comes to the significant occasion such as this was. What do you make of the Jaden Sancho situation? Of course, he came on in the second half of that game when they looked a bit toothless at the top end of the pitch, in all honesty, after half time. But he hasn't started a game yet since the resumption. There are uh, Twitter merchants out there predicting that's because maybe they know that he's on his way in the summer. Is there anything in that? I'm not sure that there's anything in that right now. I think the main thing with Sancho is that he hasn't quite been match fit. I mean, dare I say it, just looking at him, you know, he he looks a little bit heavier than he did before. Uh, You know, that's understandable for players after a long layoff. Some are going to come back better than others. And I think um, the feeling of Lucien Favre has been that, you know, he came in later in terms of the the full contact training with the rest of the players. And of course, he is spoiled for choice. I mean, when you have Torgan as as an option and he has been playing extremely well, then that is going to be a difficult decision. Julian Brandt, likewise, another one who really has... um, excels in the first certainly the first couple of match days less so in uh, the Classica against Bayern so I think it's fitness I think it's other options but uh, Sancho will play again and I thought that um, Wolfsburg were impressive in their game against Bayer Leverkusen this week but it was a bit of a shock result wasn't it because uh, Bayer Leverkusen had been sort of like the team that people had started to talk about as possible contenders outside contenders How much of a surprise was it that they got done 4-1? Well, it was a surprise on one level because, as you've said, Leverkusen were playing magnificently and doing everything right under the Dutch coach, Peter Bos. Uh, But this is the Bundesliga. This is what I tell people all the time. You know, it's tempting to look at, at Bayern's title wins and say, oh, it's a predictable league. We all know what's going to happen. But aside from that, aside from the fact that it looks as though Bayern are going to win the title again, try 
predicting the outcome of matches. I've been doing it for years. I'm supposed to know what I'm talking about. But, I mean, who in their right mind would have thought that Wolfsburg would go to Leverkusen and not only win, but win in such style in that manner? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a surprise. Nobody would have thought Wolfsburg would go there and, and absolutely destroy a very good by a Leverkusen. But um, Wolfsburg are, are in the running for Europe and, you know, they have quality in their ranks too. Um, but, you know, I thought if they were going to do it, it would be eking it out and backs to the wall against Leverkusen, who aside from Bayern are the best team in possession in the entire league. But the Bundesliga does throw up these, you know, very strange and wonderful scenarios from match to match. Yeah, just speak to my bookmaker about that. Yeah. Um, on, <laughs> on the subject of, of, of Leverkusen, um, they do seem to be susceptible, don't they, from set pieces? I mean, Renato Stefan uh, makes Sam look a giant, but he seems to keep scoring headers. Yeah, that's four headed goals, I think, in, um, in six, or six goals altogether in the second half of the season. Four have been headers. He's uh, a mere five foot six and a half but he has the knack. And yeah, that is maybe the one thing you would say about Leverkusen, their vulnerability defending at set pieces. And uh, Wolfsburg, strong in that area, not just with Stefan, but with Wout Weghorst, the, the Dutch striker. And, you know, they put it together a bit quietly, you'd have to say, but they have been putting a run together, especially away from home. That's four wins in five. And I think people are seeing that, that at the upper end of the Bundesliga, especially, the quality is high. Yes, Bayern are the class of the field, but we've seen how good Dortmund and Leipzig and Gladbach can be, and also Leverkusen, notwithstanding that defeat at the hands of Wolfsburg. So it is, you know, so much more than a one-team league. Uh, Freiburg, um, who actually are quite dangerous from set pieces, have got Leverkusen on Friday night, which I'm sure will mean that Peter Bosch is quaking in his little boots. Um, uh, how is that one going to play out, bearing in mind the absorbing 3-3 draw against Eintracht Frankfurt, where Freiburg were 3-1 up? Yeah, uh, terrific game, uh, an incredible game. 35 attempts by Frankfurt in that match and 13 saves by Alexander Schwolo, the goalkeeper for Freiburg. I mean, when do you ever see statistics like that in a game? Um, yeah, you're spot on with Freiburg. They are all about the collective. They're all about set plays. Most of their goals in recent times have come from set pieces. So that will be a test. It's always a test when a team goes to Freiburg in the Black Forest. They had been going the wrong way. I was getting a little bit worried about them. I mean, not in terms of relegation or anything. They're going to stay up. But they were pushing strongly for European spots earlier this season. They have a coach in Christian Streich, who essentially, Sam, has a job for life. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens yeah. to Freiburg. Even when they got relegated, he was still in charge and brought them back. He is a local hero. And, you know, if he wants to be there in 10 years' time, he'll still be there. So you know what you're going to get with Freiburg? It's not about big names. It's about the soul of the club, you know, very much rooted in the local traditions of the Southwest. And, as you said, set pieces. Another busy weekend, of course. Our team, Hertha, are at home yeah. to Augsburg on Saturday. Uh, Paderborn struggling at home to Dortmund on Sunday to see if Dortmund can bounce back in that one. What, what should we be looking out for ahead of the weekend? Well, on Hertha, I mean, we're talking ahead of the, the Leipzig game, uh, the Wednesday game. Hertha with two wins out of two under their new coach, Bruno Labbadia. And it's just all clicked. And again, not something you could necessarily have said with confidence was going to happen, but it's been sort of back to basics. Um, in the derby against Union, they were superb. They were far too good for Union. And he's got some of the, the old guard playing again. I'm thinking particularly of Veda Dibisevic, who's been a wonderful servant. Not the just Silver Fox. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We all we all like uh, silver foxes. Those of us who are <laughs> who are similarly uh, challenged phonically. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Labadia has has come in there and seems to be the answer to the problem. And and it was a big problem for Hertha. But they're playing good football too. Um, they have a bit of flair with Mateus Cunha. The Brazilian, you know, he can do the unexpected things going forwards. And the defence has been rock solid with uh, Peter Pekarik in particular playing well at the back. So I think Hertha would expect to beat Augsburg. They have to be mindful of what Augsburg did in the game against Schalke last weekend mm-hmm. when they, they counter-attacked to great effect. Schalke had a lot of the ball, uh, couldn't really do anything with it. So... Things are looking up for Hertha. Um, lastly, I know that in America some fake effects have sort of been pumped into some of the broadcasts. Um, have you heard that where you are? Because I know you're in Boston in the United yeah. States. Uh, what are you thinking about that? Is, that? is that something that you would advocate? Does it sound all right? What's the feedback been like? Because from what we understand, it wasn't too popular. Well, I'll give you my personal opinion on this one, Sam. Um, and maybe I should say, first of all, in Germany... If you're watching on the rights holding channel in Germany, you have a choice. So it's up to you as the viewer to press a button or not press a button as you see fit if you have that service. So you can have the enhanced audio, as they call it, or you can just watch it the way you guys have been watching it in the UK. Here in the USA, the rights holder Fox has decided when it's available, they will make it the default. So there's no button you can press to take it away. Um, I'll say a couple of things. I think it has been executed well, you know, better than I would have expected. And I can tell you as a commentator, Sam, back in the 90s, some of the channels I worked for, we would um, buy games from South America and other places without any crowd track. So we'd have to create our own crowd track. And it was terrible. It didn't match up at all. These actually do match up. So there's a producer, a sound producer, sitting um, at the headquarters just outside Munich with a mixer. um, And he has at his disposal all the the songs of the clubs and um, noise from previous meetings of the two clubs in question. So he's doing it strategically. And I think, as I said, executing it quite well. for me, it comes back to choice. As a viewer, I would rather not have it because I'm a German speaker and I like hearing what is being said on the pitch. And to me, that is the context in which these games are happening. You know, they're not happening with with fans inside yeah. the stadium. So um, that's just a personal opinion. I will say, though, I've spoken to many people who love it. Uh, who think this is, you know, comforting. This brings me back to why I like football. So I think this debate is going to go on. There's no perfect answer other than, in my opinion, to have a choice. Mm. And, you know, you decide, do you want it or do you not? I would probably not go for it. But if somebody wants it, um, more power to them. Derek, thank you very much. As always, brilliant. And uh, hope to see you behind the mic again very shortly. (laughs) Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Alex. Talk to you soon. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. I'm delighted to say we're joined by the Southampton defender, Carl Walker-Peters, who's on loan from Tottenham. Hello, Carl. How are you? Hi, I'm well, thank you. Good. So back in training uh, over the last week or so, what's it been like? It's been quite strange, I guess, um, to be in groups of five, no contact. You know, we've all got our our own little changing areas and we've got our own boxes in which we keep all our stuff. So, yeah, it's a bit strange to what we're used to, but it's it's been good. What sort of rules and regulations have the club had to put in to, to adhere to the, the Premier League rules? Um, so we've got, you know, uh, lightweight snoods that cover our nose and mouth. You know, when we turn up, we need to have our mask and gloves on. Things like that, you know, everyone everyone's doing their best to, you know, min- minimise the risks. But yeah, it's, it's nothing too nothing too hard. It's one of those things, isn't it? Because it, it's obviously strange. It's very different. But I bet there's a part of you that was chomping at the bit to get back to playing football in any guise. No, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, I hadn't played football for a while. You know, you can do little things in the back garden, but nothing's the same as actually, you know, being with your teammates. You know, the intensity is a lot different. So, yeah, of course, of course, I was excited. And I'm sure everyone else, you know, in the Premier League and and wherever else a, a back training was really excited and raring to go. One of the things that I think we all did as a kid playing in the back garden was, was try and recreate favourite goals and our, and our sort of schoolboy heroes. Did you find yourself reverting to that? Were you trying to be Gazza at Euro 96? I, I didn't actually. I was I was doing more, you know, keepy uppies, um, just little short, you know, ball work drills that I could do in the space that I had. You know, I'm fortunate enough to have a decent decent sized garden um, but like I said before it's, it's just not the same as actually training uh, because you can't you just can't get that intensity and, and with all due respect you you don't score that many goals or haven't scored that many goals yeah, but I exactly. do remember the goal that you did score which was against Rochdale back in February 2018 yeah. I was commentating <laughs> on that game and it sticks in okay. my memory because and you'll back me up on this and it was certainly for me this, but I don't know about you, the coldest I've ever been at a football cold, match. Honestly, I, I'm with you on that. It was the coldest game. I remember, I think I actually came off the bench that game. Yeah. And I remember sitting on the bench thinking, if I come on, I do not know how I'm going to like do anything. My toes were frozen, hands were frozen. And somehow, yeah, I ended up scoring. So yeah, it was a memorable one for me. That was a VAR game, wasn't it? And everyone was standing yeah, around was, for ages. There was yeah. so many delays. It, it was a nightmare. It, it was on trial. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Horrible. 
by the sound of the things you could have done with some of them snoods on that night. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'll notice that Sam sat in his Hertha Berlin shirt. That's because we've adopted them on this podcast. Um, have you watched the, any of the Bundesliga so uh-huh. far? It's obviously given us a, a glimpse of what it will be like to, to play behind closed doors. How do you feel about that? You know, I want to get back playing as much as anyone else. Um, but yeah, you could, you could tell playing behind closed doors, you know, you don't actually get the same feel you know, without the fans. The fans play a huge part. And, you know, I don't think you, you know, some people can't appreciate that unless they've played in front of a lot of fans and what the fans can do to, to your confidence um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it will make, it will make a huge difference. But, you know, everyone, want, everyone wants to complete the season. Everyone wants to get back playing. So if it means there's no fans, then that's that. Are you going to have to curb the swearing as a group of footballers? Because often expletives can come yeah. out in the heat of battle and they're going to be picked up on microphones, aren't they? Uh, yeah, things like that. Sometimes you can't control things like that. I think it's, it's even a bit like, you know, the spitting one where, you know, really we shouldn't be spitting at this time. Um, but it's almost like second nature to footballers. You know, you're running a lot. You get, you know, a lot of phlegm from your chest and you just spit it out. Um, so yeah a lot a lot of things will feel a bit different but yeah some things it will be very hard to control I think What about celebrations because we saw in the Bundesliga you know some very odd sort of dad dancing as a result of not being able to touch <laughs> is that something that you've considered not not necessarily saying that you've planned your goal celebration but um, yeah. you, will you be able to curb that instinct to run over to someone and jump I mean you're so used to and have been schooled for many years in, in, in allowing that release of emotion how are you going to suppress that is it going to be difficult um, yeah again it's, it's, it's a second nature thing you know you're happy for your teammate if he scores and you're you know you're even more happy when you score so um, yeah it's another thing that I think will probably be hard to control but you know we've got to try and minimise the risks so I think most people will will switch onto it quickly. You know, at first they might go for a hug and then, you know, change to the old elbows. But yeah, I think, I think you know, people will get used to it. How hard has Ralph Hasenhutl been working you? Because he is someone who wants his players to run through brick walls. He focuses a lot on the fitness side of the game and, and the high press. I would imagine because this is almost like a mini pre-season, he's been a pretty tough taskmaster these oh, yeah. past few days. Yeah, today was <laughs> today was very very tough, um, but it's good, you know. Everyone's been working hard over over the time we we haven't been able to play, but like I said, you just can't match that intensity when you're at football with the staff, you know, on your back and the players around you pushing you. So, yeah, it's been tough. Um, it's been the first week and my legs are hanging off. Um, but yeah, it, it can only be, it can only do me well. It can only make me stronger and fitter. Does it feel like preseason? Yeah, it does. Like I have the same doms in my legs that I get in preseason, and honestly, the the time we had off, you know, without being able to go into training, I was working really hard, um, doing a lot of running, doing a lot of strength work. Um, but even still, going into the training ground, I really got doms like as if it is pre-season and as if I've had the summer. Just shows you that football fitness, how different it is. Exactly, yeah. 
it's a lot different. You know, you're, you're using a lot more muscles when you're just passing the ball, when you're striking the ball, as opposed to just running 5K or running 10K. Now, last week, our viewers and listeners might well know that our producer, Lucy, was on the tail of the Cologne mascot, Henez the Goat, uh, who has been banned from taking part in pre-match proceedings, something that he gets involved with regularly and because of the uh, coronavirus crisis. Uh, Lucy, have we got any information on uh, the goat, its whereabouts, whether it's missing the football and is upset by that? I mean, we must point out that Cologne have not won on their own patch since going goatless they've played two relegation candidates at home they need that goat back well I'll be honest with you I'm, in a way I'm actually glad they're not winning Why? because they're replying to me oh right they've, they've blanked you yep and the zoo the zoo's totally blanking me as well it's like back to my tinder days I'm just getting ghosted <laughs> you've been ghosted by a goat <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is so bad <laughs> I'm not sure that goats make that sort of sound. Uh, maybe you need to improve your animal instincts. Maybe, but I've moved on. All right, okay. I get in the Tinder world, you've got to move on quite fast after a setback. Okay. Uh, I'm now trying to track down Eintracht Frankfurt's uh, mascot, who's the only living mascot other than Henez, and that is uh, Attila the Eagle. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, I've seen him before, I think, yeah. Um, and they too haven't had a great time at home since the restart either. I take it he's absent too, is he, Attila? I don't know. We haven't had any information on Attila. I oh, can't find any info. Oh, well, Attila. get in there because obviously after being ghosted by the goat, you can now swoop in, spread your wings and uh, see if you can get the eagle in a flap. I'm sure if we all pray, we'll get the eagle. <laughs> you never know. Does an eagle have a handler? What's, a, what's, a, what's an eagle fancier called? A, a uh, oh, what are they called? Oh, oh. you can tweet us at Sam Matterface if you want to get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Staying with us throughout the pod, Carl Walker Peters, the on loan Tottenham defender who's at Southampton. Are, are you enjoying your time at Southampton? What are you expecting to happen as the season progresses into the summer? I, I take it you just want to get some game time under your belt. No, of course. Um, I've enjoyed my time, you know. I started my first game there against Burnley and then picked up a little niggle. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have called it an injury, but you know, Southampton wanted to wanted to stay on the safe side, which, you know, I appreciate looking after me. Um but yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited to keep playing there and, and continuing the season with them. Um, you know, it's an opportunity for me to, to get a run of games. You know, I keep saying that, I keep saying I need a run of games to, you know, learn more about myself, learn more about my body. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, obviously, you've been uh, at Tottenham for a very long time. You're 23 now. You've made a lot of friends there. Have you been keeping in touch with your former colleagues whilst you've been in lockdown? Have you been entertaining yourself with Zoom quizzes or have you been doing anything to sort of interact with those personalities? No, yeah, I have... Um... I've been playing PlayStation with a lot of them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I play with Delhi quite a lot, uh, and I'm in a group chat with a few of the boys. So, yeah, we've been we've been keeping in contact. Obviously, we can't see each other, and it, and it's hard because like Delhi lives around the corner from me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we've had to, we've had to stay sensible and, and and keep our distance, but we have been in touch. 
I think I can see a shirt. Is that his shirt up on the wall you've got just behind your, yeah, your head? Yeah, his shirt there. Sterling, Solanke, I've got a few. Who's better yeah, Who's better at PlayStation, you or him? Yeah, me. Me, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miles better. <laughs> <laughs> Is he is he in good spirits, Delhi? Obviously, after the incident, is his house is he okay? Yeah, you know what he's, you know he's sort of looked at it and said, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's it's not a nice it's not a nice situation, but I think like most people would be, he's just grateful, grateful he's okay. Um, you know, no no money, you can't trade any money for your health. So yeah, he's just happy he's okay, and his, his family are the same. And, and you're you're in a better position than most, also to to compare two um, fine English goal scorers over the course of the season. Harry Kane, of course, Danny Ings, now one of your Danny teammates Ings, yeah. at, at Southampton. I mean, how highly do you rate Danny? I, I think had the Euros been going ahead this summer, he would have probably been on the plane, wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, yeah, scoring that many goals, you know, he, he's sure to be in for a shout. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing. You know, he's he does remind me of Harry Kane and in, in the way he strikes the ball. Um, they're very similar in terms of you know they like to practice one finish over and over again until it's like you know second nature to them. Um, but yeah, both both quality, both quality. Um, the qualities of a fullback have changed, haven't they, over the course of the last 10 years or so? I was watching the Bundesliga last week and Rafael Guerrero coming up on that left-hand side, scoring goals for fun yeah. for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Um, I think he's got four goals in seven Bundesliga games now. Um, what are the differences that you've had to sort of look at in your game in order to become a modern-day right Wing back, full back, because you you have to have the the capacity to get up and down, and you've got to have the capacity to not only defend but also attack, haven't you? Yeah, no, I think what's changed is is the fitness required. You know, I think you know, ten years ago it wasn't so much getting up and down; it was more staying as a unit, staying with your back four. Whereas now it's literally overlap every time. If you can overlap, go. If you can underlap, go. And you know, I, I'd like to consider myself quite a fit, a fit guy. So, you know, even in the youth teams, I was always playing like that. You know, I loved, I loved Danny Alves, and he was doing that ages ago. So, yeah, I think I've always, I've always had the the components to to be the modern day fullback. What I think I need to add to my game is goals. I think I've got a lot of assists. When I when I've you know had opportunities to play, but I also I do find myself in positions where I can actually score, and you know I need to be a bit more selfish and and go myself sometimes. My dad's always telling me, um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah that you can bust out some celebrations then. Just yeah, don't exactly. touch anyone. Just don't touch anyone. <laughs> I was going to ask you about um, if you've been watching anything specific on Netflix or Amazon Prime. I mean, obviously, we've been renting the hell out of box sets and, and whatever. Are you, what, are you, what do you sort of watch? Are you a documentary person or are you a sort of comedy person? What do you like? Um, so I, I did watch the docuseries uh, The Last Dance. Oh, you did? Um, I haven't got yeah, that. Yeah, that's inspired me massively. Has it? Uh, Michael Jordan, yeah. I didn't know... You know, everybody knows Michael Jordan, but that was a real insight into what he was like as an athlete. And I had no idea he was that harsh on himself 
and harsh on his teammates. You know, he was almost like a bully, but a bully in a good sense that he would kill his teammate until his teammate improved. And I think sometimes, sometimes you need that in your team. Sometimes you need someone that's going to tell you when you're, when you're crap and, and tell you when you need to improve. So yeah, that, that was yeah, really inspirational. I recommend that. I did have one more actually. I want to ask you about um, haircuts because there's some serious <laughs> growth amongst the Southampton squad. But yeah. also, Probably. I've noticed Jan Bednarek has, has done something quite dramatic, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I saw it today. He's gone, gone fully bold, fully bold. Oh, yeah, really? I, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> he looks a lot scarier. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the worst lockdown haircut? Who needs a trip to the barbers the most out of your teammates? Probably. Yeah, Michael Obafemi's struggling. He's struggling. Uh, Kevin Dancer, another one struggling, and myself. Who, who does, who does so. yours? Do you do your own, or uh, have you have you tried? No, nah, I've, I've left. I've left it. Yeah. I don't want to touch it until my barber can. See, that's I'm why. Just, that's why. I, that was my philosophy. You know, yeah. don't touch it because you're going to mess it up. Just, I mean, this man above us here, he decided that it would be a good idea to cut his own hair. I'm not sure it worked. But, see, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have ever guessed. It looks good to me. <laughs> You're being too I'll nice. take that. You're being honestly, too nice. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> Note to the producer, please keep that bit in. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Listen, thank you very much for the time. I really appreciate it. And it's uh, been good to no chat worries. to you. Hopefully we'll see you on a football pitch soon. Yeah, Hopefully. fingers crossed. couple of quick bits from the Premier League. Two defenders that we spoke to in the last seven days or so. I, I spoke with Scott Dan last week, the Crystal Palace defender who um, had worked under Stuart Pearce at the under-21s. And, and Stuart and I had a chat with him about losing the FA Cup final in 2016. And, and actually, Stuart brought that up because he said, well, look, I've lost a couple of FA Cup finals. I know what it's like to go to Wembley and lose. So he felt as if he could quite uh, tentatively approach that subject. I, I asked him more about um, whether or not he'd tested himself like Scott McTominay and Ross Barkley to see if he could do uh, fast 5K times. Um, I mean, you're asking the wrong person there, aren't you? Stu knows that. No, I, you know, I, I actually haven't done one of them five, um, 5K runs. Um, it's not my distance. <laughs> um, but no, I've, I've kept my... You know, the, the club have, have been good. They, they've given us a lot of um, information and sessions to follow, you know, to, to make us ready for when we come back into, into the training ground to, to hit the ground running. So, you know, we've had, we've had a lot of... Um, a lot of training that we've we've had to stick to. Scotty, you've uh, you've had a career which is typical of a lot of central defenders. You know what I mean? It's progressively got better and better the older you've got. That's how I view yourself, yeah. anyway. And do you think some of the experiences you had maybe leaving Liverpool when you did and have to graft again to build up your reputation to get back to the Premier League's probably helped you? You know, I never play for for any team, any any academy, even till sixteen. Um, so I had to move away from home, 16, go to Walsall, draft and, and get myself into, um, into a position to get into, into that first team. And then, like you say, try and progress up the leagues. And, you know, I've played in pretty much every league um, there is to play in. And I think that gives me that determination to know, you know, I know how hard it is to, to reach the top from, you know, from down in the lower league. So, 
you make sure you appreciate it when you get there and working even harder to stay there. Um, you've had some great experiences, as Stuart alluded to. I mean, you, you've won the, the, the League Cup with Birmingham. That must have been a, a fantastic day. And you've been to a Cup final with Palace too. First of all, talk to me about that Birmingham experience. I mean, it was obviously amazing to, you know, to go on that journey and, and, and win, win, the, win the Cup. Um, it was a slightly bittersweet because I, I played in every game up until the, the final. And in the final, in the semi-final, I think it was against West Ham, I, um, I probably shouldn't have played, to be honest, thinking back. I, and I had, a, I had a little bit of a hamstring injury played and made it a lot worse. So I went on to, to miss the, you know, the second half of the season and, and miss the, um, the final subsequently. So, you know, it was, even though it was, it was a great experience. I mean, when you don't take part in, in the, mm. the actual final itself, it's, you look back and you think it was, you know, it was, it was great to win it, but it, at the same time, it was, it was tough to watch as well. Scotty, the FA Cup final, tell us your memories of that. I've been to Wembley and been beaten a couple of times, you know. How was it for you and what were your memories of that? I tried to forget about it. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I <laughs> no, no, I'm really better. Um, I mean, the experience, you know, especially you know, for a team like Palace to, to get there, um, playing against Man, U, Man United, it was an, an amazing experience, you know, the whole build-up. When you you know when you watch it on TV as a as a youngster and you see it and it's to actually go and live it was, was you know was really special. Um, it wasn't to be on the day you know it's tough it's tough to take. I remember I felt badly awkwardly on my ankle. At, um, I think it was around like the 90th minute. I was struggling to I was struggling to walk. I just wanted to get to to the final whistle before we went to extra time to strap it up and carry on. And pods. Um, he took me off and I was like, you know, you, you walk off and you, you, you kind of bite your lip and, and think, okay, maybe it's, you know, for the, for the good of the team, it was the right thing to do. And, you know, he made the right decision and then you, you're in extra time watching it from the, from the substitutes bench then. And you, you know, when the goal goes in, your heart sinks and it's just like your, your dreams, some of the dreams you had are shattered. So, you know, it was, like I say, amazing experience, something I'd love to do again. And, you know, it really is a, a great competition. But at the same time, yeah, it's, you know, like you say, you've you've paid in them, you've lost in finals. And it, it, it is tough to, it's a tough one to take. Obviously, football seems to be on a uh, step-by-step basis, slowly on its way back. Um, what will you be looking forward to most when you can get back onto a football pitch for real? You know, first and foremost, you, you, you want to go back and be around your teammates, you know, have, have the banter, you know, train hard and enjoy that part. But the main thing is the, you know, the games on the on the Saturday, that competitiveness and, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always been one of them where Saturday and the game and the result means, you know, means everything and the rest is just a, a build-up what you, you try and enjoy to get yourself in, in the right frame of mind. So I think, being being back on the the pitch and you know that getting that competitive edge back and trying to win games will be what I'm looking forward to most. And while Sam was chatting to Scott down, I spoke with the Brighton defender Bernardo. We all have a bit of FIFA, don't we? It was actually uh, one of the ways I got my big break into commentary thanks to uh, a drunken game with Sam. Well, Bernardo went one stage further, and in order to learn more about Brighton, he adopted them 
or manager mode? Nowadays, you know, I think like every single guy with my age, you know, uh, who enjoys football, you know, it's plays a lot of FIFA, you know. And FIFA was the first um, form that Brighton was introduced to me, you know. So I knew Brighton from years because, you know, I always like to do a lot, the, to play a lot of manager mo mode. And I used to, 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 to get teams from championship usually and bring them to, to the Premier League and then try to go to, to, to Champions League, you know, and do, do something like this. So that was the first way that I was introduced to, to Brighton. Obviously, when Brighton came to, to the Premier League, I knew Brighton. I knew I have seen Brighton matches on the TV. I have seen the the, the way that that Brighton plays. I, I knew who Chris Hilton was at the time. So it was just a, a different time. You know, the club was already established as a as a Premier League club. But uh, as you said, the, the the first way that I was introduced to Brighton was was via FIFA. Uh, see, when I play manager mode on FIFA, I start in League Two. I go right from the bottom and try I, and get I, yeah. the club into the Premier League. <laughs> You're cheating. Yeah, I'm cheating. Well, uh, I, I do this a lot with football manager, but with FIFA, you know, I, I skip a few steps. I read that your mum was a radio presenter and that, that maybe that was a, a career path that you could have taken had it not worked out on the football pitch. Should I be worried that you might be coming after my microphone? <laughs> Being uh, uh, working on radio, you know, or on TV or anything in media related with football was definitely my, my plan B. I started uh, journalism university. Uh, I did the first three semesters and then I went to Austria. But it's definitely something that uh, that I can see myself doing in the future. You don't have to be worried because uh, English isn't my, my strongest language. <laughs> uh, I, I'm 100% convinced that I would do a better job in Portuguese in, in Brazil. So we, 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 we can <laughs> we can collaborate somehow, but we won't uh, <laughs> we won't fight for the same spot. Brazilian commentators are very different in terms of style as well from um, us Englishmen. Can you give us a shout of goal in you know Brazilian style? Goal! <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, the longest, the better. I don't think you've got anything too much to worry about with his commentary. Um, it, I, I mean, I, for a Brazilian commentator, which is what he was modelling himself on, it was a bit short, the goal, wasn't it? Usually it goes on for a lot longer than that, sometimes a full minute. He was quite restrained, wasn't he? But yeah. I did put him on the spot and he, he was quite nervous. I, so I, I was going to say, he was a little that. bit embarrassed, I thought, that you'd asked him to do that. Um, we've got live commentary from the Bundesliga this weekend on Talk Sport, including Bayern Munich against Fortuna Dusseldorf Saturday evening Talk Sport 2. Borussia Dortmund are in action as well. We'll keep an eye on them. Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Union Berlin is on Talk Sport 2 uh, this Sunday. I'll have all the action from Saturday's 2.30 kickoffs. Hertha are playing Augsburg. Yes, Hertha, we are with you. Ha ho hey. And Wolfsburg take on Eintracht Frankfurt. Thanks, Crook. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Uh, the quiz is back on Friday night. I'll see you then. I'll see you all then live on Twitter. And the Game Day pod will return next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. 
the secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com.